we are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up? We are going to get into some NBA action, and we have an amazing interview with Adam Martin from MMA Odds Breaker. You can follow him on Twitter, at MMA Martin, and subscribe to his podcast, the MMAOB Podcast. He does amazing things. You guys need to check him out. He helps me win so much money betting on the UFC and other MMA events. Webb, are you ready for today's show? Been ready. I don't believe you. I have very little faith in you, as always. Usually wrong, so that's okay. Let's get right into it. Your favorite basketball player, you love him on and off the court. Kevin Durant has returned. Came off the bench last night, had 17 points. Were you impressed with his return? Uh, KD is just walking impressively. Like, he is... If Lou Williams is a professional scorer, KD is just, I don't know, just an amazing specimen of a basketball player. Now, what he does off the court, I don't really support that stuff. But on the court, just follow this. I said it before, I'll say it again. Best offensive player, arguably, in history. With the skills that he has, with the attributes that he has, can score from anywhere on the floor, plays like a guard, seven feet. KD looked incredible last night. I was really impressed. I thought he would have some a little bit of an issue returning. It's a hard injury to come back from, but he looked like he hadn't missed a beat. He played just under 20 minutes, 17 points, two of two from three. Kyrie looked energized as well. I think he loves playing with KD, and I don't think he likes playing with Harden as much. Am I crazy there? Yeah, you're kind of crazy there. I think he enjoys playing with Harden. I think, I think- with Harden. With Harden, he doesn't control the ball as much. I think he likes being in control. Yeah, but there's so much better with Harden. Like, he'd be a fool to not like playing with Harden. I agree that he likes playing with KD more um, because it's just a different kind of game. And, and, and KD, KD seems okay kind of just staying in the background a bit um, as opposed to Harden, who sometimes becomes a black hole, even though he's leading the, the league in assists. But KD, it, it doesn't surprise me, man. Like, I told you when he was when he hurt his Achilles, he was coming back and he was going to be a beast. And him coming off a hamstring injury doesn't surprise me. Like he's the best player in the NBA. People forgot about him. Fantastic player. I'll say it again: best offensive player ever. Calm down. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar still plays basketball. Still play basketball, right? Let's calm it down. I, I I'd say KD. I'd say Kareem is probably the best player. But in terms of an array of moves and like in a vacuum, if I had to choose one player, I'd go with KD. Didn't Wilt average 50 points a night? Yeah, but I mean, that was way back in the day, man. He Wilt, Wilt wouldn't survive with in the, the NBA the way it is now. I think Wilt would be fine any era. I think okay, Wilt so. could suit up today and get 14 points. Uh, Yeah, that wouldn't be enough though. And KD, if, K, if KD's like at his, in his peak, this guy is, what can KD not do? Uh, he's not seven foot three and had a hook shot that was impossible to block like Kareem did. Yeah, but he has a shot that he could shoot from 30 feet outside that no one can block. Have you, you see people blocking KD shots? Cause I don't see that very, very rarely, but Kareem is the all time points leader for a reason. He was unstoppable for 23 years and he never got hurt. Really? He was incredible. Oh, you don't have to tell me about the Kareem argument. I'll put that any day against Jordan fans all the time, but Kareem operated inside. Kareem also played 19 seasons. Um, like, I, I love Kareem. And, but in terms of, like, who is dropping 60 and in terms of offense, I, th- I think Kareem's a better player. But in, 
in terms of like offensive like talent, I definitely give it to KD over Kareem. And I love Kareem. If I needed a bucket, two points to win the game, and I could give the ball to Kareem or KD, I'm giving it to Kareem because I know he's not missing. He's hitting that shot. No one can I'm, stop it. I'm giving it to KD because he'll get you three points. But you need two to win. Why are you being greedy? If you need two to win and you get a three, what's the problem? That's what I'm saying. Like he can he can get you, he can score anywhere on the court. Like literally. Okay. Like literally. KD's what, like a 45% three point shooter, you think? Yeah. Maybe what maybe was, 40. What was Kareem's hook shot? Like 90% effective? Did he ever miss it? No, he never missed that shot one time. I don't know if I'm sure he missed it. He just never got blocked. I, besides his name, he's the best scorer of all time. His name is terrible, but besides that, he's excellent. You're the biggest troll in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love I love Kareem. He's dominant. He's a big man, but I'm taking I'm going to take Katie if I need to. Like in terms of offensive talent, just from anywhere. And Kareem was is the best college basketball player of all time. Uh, but in ter- if I had one game, and I'm still saying Kareem's a better player than Katie, but like in terms of if I need to play a game, I had to choose a player. I'm gonna go with 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 Katie. Just because he can score from anywhere on the court. Okay, KD's teammate, James Harden, has been injured. He has a right hamstring strain, will be reevaluated in eight days from now. James Harden has been a virtual Ironman in the league. He almost never gets hurt, but hamstring injuries linger. Are you concerned for them going forward? Uh, not really. If this was in like the playoffs, deep in the late in the playoffs, then maybe, but they can rest Harden for the next like few weeks. KD missed two months uh they say Harden's gonna be reevaluated in 10 days which sucks for my fantasy team i don't think Harden's coming back for a while but they're deep enough to to flourish without uh harden right now uh, so do you think james harden is was in the mvp debate because people are saying that he's the mvp so 100%. i think he could never win i don't think he could win he destroyed a team i don't think you can Destroy a team and still win MVP in the same year. Well, he's winning MVP for Brooklyn. He's not winning it for Houston. It's a season award, though. You can't just take out the first 15 or 16 games of the year he was on Houston. Guys do that all the time. Who? Who has won the MVP after quitting on a team? I can't remember one time. I I was talking about taking out the first 15 games. Like They don't factor in game 1 to 72 or game 1 to 82. Usually, they decide the MVP early on in the season. By the all-star break, the media has pretty much decided it. So that means that the last 15 games, 20, 30 games, don't really count. So why can't you do the reverse and not factor in the first 15, 20 games? Well, he was still playing at a decent level. He just wasn't like the all-star James Harden is now. And he exceeded expectations because a lot of people wrote him off, including you. And a lot of people said that he wasn't, he was going to be like a third wheel potentially or a second or second fiddle to KD. He is leading the league in assists. He has been even better on Houston. He's been so efficient. I'm not saying he is the prohibitive MVP, but I definitely think he's in the, the conversation. Definitely over uh, Jokic, whose team wasn't even doing well until the last few weeks. And definitely over Luka, who just started playing decently, but they're in seventh spot. Embiid missed a bunch of games. I definitely give it. I I definitely think Harden's in the competition there with with LeBron as well. Shocking! You named the two white guys first. Typical web. Typical. Typical. I'm just saying. I haven't seen anything from Jokic and and Luca 
those guys are only coming up in the conversation because it's novel to have these guys as the MVP candidates. People are bored of Giannis, and Giannis is having a fantastic season. I don't know why he's not in the conversation. People are bored of LeBron. Uh, Steph Curry, the Warriors aren't doing well enough for Curry to really be in the conversation. People are just bored, so they want a new face, a new name. And they don't like Harden. I don't think you can say Jokic is a novelty. He's been amazing. No, no, I'm saying him as an MVP candidate, like a legit one, is is pretty novel. He's in the running. He's averaging almost a triple-double. His team is the five seed right now. Yeah, He's definitely right in consideration. Now, right now, but people were saying even earlier that he was the MVP candidate when when the Nuggets were like hovering just over 500. I don't see what he's doing that's more impressive to me than, than what Harden's doing. Because Harden, as much as that team is stacked, they haven't played together much. Him, KD, and Kyrie haven't played together that much. And Harden's done it on his own without Kyrie how, and KD. How many teams did Jokic... Uh, destroy and have the t- his teammates wish him off the team because he said, I quit. I hate this place. Did Jokic do that at all this year? I can't remember him doing that. No. Does, Yo- does Jokic play defense? Because I don't remember that either. Does Harden play defense, really? I mean, I he's not that bad. <laughs> he's definitely gotten better. He's not a bad defender. He's definitely had a lot, of, a lot more highlight reel plays where he's playing defense. I think his effort is definitely... I think he... I think he's a decent defender. He's not he's not going to be on any all NBA teams and he's not a lockdown guy, but he's not a he's not what we thought he was in Houston a few years ago. I think he definitely tries a lot more now. It's such a narrative award because what difference is what difference does it make with what Harden did um to Houston in the first however many games of the season if since he's been on Brooklyn, the number one seed right now, he's leading the league in assists. He hasn't even played with KD and Kyrie all that much. The big three hasn't really baked together that much. And he's, he's what, second on the team in triple doubles, I believe. He's only been there a handful of games for Brooklyn. I think, like, as a franchise, he's, like, second in, in, uh, on, the, on the, the Nets. James Harden has been excellent in Brooklyn. And if he was on Brooklyn all year, I would agree. He's, he'd be in the MVP conversation. But I can't forget how he started the year. This is a season award. This isn't a two-month award. It's for the whole year. And for the first month, he was terrible with how he treated his team. And I can't forget that. I don't even think it was that long. Come on, man. This is You're just falling right into the media's uh, uh, you know, tradition here with the narrative stuff. Because I can't forget the first month when Denver was a really bad team. And Jokic was putting up fantasy numbers, but it wasn't doing anything for wins. So I can say the same thing. Denver was bad. They started out the year under 500. I can't forget that either. So why, why is Harden's first month, uh, you know, being targeted right now, but Jokic's first month isn't? Jokic was just putting up numbers on a bad team in the beginning of the year. I, I don't care if you don't want to give it to Jokic. That's fine. I'm not saying Jokic is the MVP. I'm oh, saying okay. Harden isn't because of you brought Jokic up. I'm saying Harden isn't, and I would not consider him. I would definitely consider him. I I'm not saying he is. I think I would before the injury, I would have had LeBron as the MVP just based on what he was doing without AD. I definitely had Harden in the conversation along with Embiid. Um, I think Dame Lillard should be in there too. I think you just like what Kevin Durant and James Harden do off the court so much. They're blinding you to what happened. No, I love Katie, but I wouldn't give him the MVP right now. He missed too much time. Let's move on to a guy who recently has come back. 
Andre Drummond uh, was bought out and has recently signed with the Lakers. Didn't really play, though, because his toenail fell off, which is super gross. And he couldn't wear a shoe. But now he's back, Webb. Are you happy that Andre Drummond has returned for your team? Of course. And it was Brooke Lopez's fault why Drummond's toe fell out, toenail fell out. Uh, he fell out. He landed on it, probably on purpose. But um, I, 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 I like Drummond, like, and especially at the way that the Lakers got him, uh, it's fantastic. I'm very excited for him to return. We didn't get to see much of Drummond; only saw like a first half of him. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how um, it stacks up. So, do you want to hear my crazy conspiracy theory for the Lakers? Sure. LeBron James is not hurt. He's doing press for Space Jam 2. He knows he can't catch Mike in the GOAT conversation, so he's trying to pass him in box office success. Is that possible? I think you're alone in that crazy conspiracy theory category. But it's going to start blowing up when they hear this podcast. It makes a lot of sense. It's not like Space Jam's going to get him an Oscar or something. I don't think <laughs> I don't think he's going to take time off with Space Jam. Box office success. That's all I said. He wants... To beat Mike in box office success. That's what he cares about. He has to beat Mike in something. I'd be really surprised if, if he beat Mike in these times with COVID. Uh, you know, the movie's not coming out until the summer, but I'd be surprised if it does that well in the theater. So I would agree with you, but I saw that King Kong made $300 million in the first weekend somehow. Did you see this? King Kong versus no. Godzilla? Like, did I say the movie or did I say the news? The, the news. They made $300 million in the first weekend. No, no, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah, that's I, I. I'm almost positive I saw that number, and I was shocked. That's that's pretty crazy. Is that worldwide or is that like the domestic U.S.? I think it was worldwide. Oh, okay. Still, then I can see that. A lot of money. King, King Kong, Kong versus Godzilla. Well, I think also King Kong's and Godzilla, are, or Godzilla at least, is very big in the Asian market. So I think that could also account for it. Like this is the first time you've seen these two uh, on screen together. So maybe it was kind of like an Avengers sort of people went out to see it. I don't know if people are going out to see Space Jam 2 like that during COVID, but I could be wrong. I think you're wrong because LeBron James is such a better actor than Michael Jordan. Let's move on to the last topic of the day. The Toronto Raptors are trash. Webb, this is your favorite topic in the world. Please insult the Raptors for a little while for me. It's funny because um, I can't laugh at the Raptors because... All the Raptors fans are just going to say to me that they haven't played in Toronto in two seasons and uh, and that, you know, this is just an off year for them. And it's COVID. Raptors fans are going to hang on to that as a crutch. I've been saying for a long time, and I don't think I'm alone in this, that Kawhi year when they won the NBA championship is an, an anomaly. It's an outlier. Didn't happen before, not happening again. And a lot of Raptors fans, their heads got really big and... Uh, they talked a lot of smack, a lot of smack. I was I worked close by uh, to Scotiabank at the time, and I saw the crowds gathered around, who were screaming uh, all sorts of things against uh, against Katie when they heard he was coming back. Like they got, they there were reports that they were cheering when he tore his Achilles, or when he went down and they didn't know what it was. They were cheering. Now karma has come back to them. So they've been the Raptors have been riddled with COVID this year. Uh, they've had injuries. There, there was the whole uh, trade deadline um, fiasco with with uh, with Kyle Lowry. They ended up trading Norman Powell. 
and Terrence Davis and uh, Matt Thomas. But this team lost like nine in a row at one point. They got slaughtered by my Lakers, which I loved. Um, yeah, it's just been interesting. I like to see, and I know Raptors fans are going to make a lot of uh, excuses and they're going to say, oh, well, next year, this and that. Like, this is the first year that Siakam's contract kicks in. This is when he's getting paid the big money. So he hasn't looked that good. Freddie's looked great. Um, Norman Powell looked great. Chris Boucher looked great. I'm not saying anything about Nick Nurse and his coaching. I'm just saying just karma, man. Like, and 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 I think they're just in and over their heads. It reminds me of the the Philadelphia Eagles. Where are they now? I love your pettiness because it always comes out. The Raptors it are does. three and seven. Their last ten, they have some guys suspended for the next game. Van Fleet and Bombay are suspended. Anobi was fined for their fight with the Lakers. I think this team is in serious trouble. They're the 11 seed right now. I don't know how they get better. Like things are going down. I can this team make the playoffs? I don't think they can. How they're playing right now. So I think they can. Do I think they will? Maybe they're not that far out. They're four and a half games behind the Knicks, who have been playing really well this season. But the funny thing is, they're only a game and a half ahead of Washington, the Wiz, and uh, Cleveland. Real bad. Real bad. That's that's real bad. But the thing is, you can't win with Raptors fans because if because. You know, if they do go on a run and they do make the playoffs, they'll say, like, they'll say, you see, I told you, uh, I knew it, I believe the entire time. And if they lose and don't make the playoffs, they'll say, well, you know what, we're just taking a year off. It's COVID. Uh, we're not playing in, in Toronto or playing in Tampa. We're just taking a year off. You I can't think win with them. If you consider the Raptors title to be a one off and asterisk, the Lakers COVID title is definitely a one off and an asterisk. I think you have to do the same thing, right? If you're being no. fair and not a hypocrite. No. No, because the Lakers have a history of success. The Lakers have a history of uh, regular season success. The thing that was the asterisk or the or the one-off was the series or the consecutive seasons of not making the playoffs. That was a one-off, or that was a, that was an anomaly. Like that period of years where they were not making the playoffs is something that is an exception to the norm. The Raptors coming up short is the norm. That's you what they are doing. willing to say anything. To insult the Raptors and defend the Lakers. It's really impressive. I didn't know how you were going to do it, but you found a way and it was mwah, pitch perfect for what you do all the time. It's impressive. I'm I'm just saying, like, I've I've watched a lot of Raptors games. I've grown up in Toronto my entire life. A lot of Raptors games. I don't remember the Raptors having a lot of success. I know, like, it's been relatively recent that they've, and I say, like, when the, like, the, the 2010s, they were started winning the Atlantic Division and all that other stuff. And they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. And usually they wet the bed. I don't know where this newfound entitlement and expectation of them being champions are. They won the championship. Kawhi Leonard was there. Kawhi Leonard left as soon as he could. And what have the Raptors done since? Pathetic. Your level of hatred for the city you live in is disgraceful. We should kick you out. The city should, they should ban you from the city. I think that's going to happen. I'm going to start a petition. Change.org. <laughs> it's going to come. Uh, I, I like the city. It's just, I grew up a Laker fan and I'm not going to switch over because the Raptors had a little taste of success like a lot of people did. So You are a bandwagon jumper. You're for good teams when they're strong. That makes sense. You have no loyalty or conviction. That makes sense. Listeners, don't be ridiculous. I was with the Lakers through thick and thin, through all the garbage years. You just there. said they don't have garbage ears. No, all we they do is make success. Years. 
it's an anomaly when it happens to us when we're bad. It's only Still been it's only been great times for the Lakers. You are a bandwagon jumper. Still, garbage. you're basically a Patriots fan. That's what you are. You're basically a Patriots fan. The funny the funny thing is, there are probably a lot more Raptors bandwagon jumpers than Lakers bandwagon wagon jumpers. And and we had Andy Kamenetsky on just a couple of weeks ago who said like as much as people think that Laker fans are just you know they're just there for the history of it and just hop on because it's a storied franchise and because it's LA and it's La La Land and all that other stuff like they're very much so a knowledgeable fan base and very much so a loyal passionate fiery fan base if anyone is a bandwagon jumper it's Raptor fans I saw footage of people in Saskatchewan. And for those who don't know where Saskatchewan is, it's way out west in Canada of people gathered watching the Raptors during the finals. I guarantee you those people were not watching the Raptors in the playoffs last year, and I guarantee you they're not watching the Raptors right now. If anyone's a bandwagoner, it's probably more likely that it's a Raptor fan right now. The Raptors are Canada's team. I'm going to get you kicked out of Toronto does, and the country of Canada. We're getting you banned. Does, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean because you live there and you hop on a team, you're not on the bandwagon. There are a bunch of people that hopped on the Raptors bandwagon. The majority of jerseys that also that I saw being worn were not jerseys with like the champion jerseys that people had since the '90s or like old Tracy McGrady jerseys. The jerseys that were bought very recently, like the retro ones, the Nike ones with McGrady, uh, uh, Vince Carter. Those, those jerseys were flying off the shelves at a record pace in a period of time most people weren't wearing those jerseys at that time you can be a bandwagoner and live in the city it doesn't or, or the country it doesn't matter you're still a bandwagoner your hatred of toronto is sad sad i'm, just, saying. I'm sad. just i i have no issue with the city i'm just saying like as a laker fan when i when we went through that period the outlier period uh for years in the past decade uh raptor fans gave it to me they gave it to me because lakers were the team that were always killing them until 2012, 2013. And then the Raptors dominated for a few years. And they gave it to me. Now I'm going to give it back to them. I don't feel sorry for you. <laughs> I don't feel sorry for you, Raptors fan. I do not. Fair. Okay. Let's get into our amazing interview with Adam Martin now. Adam Martin is from MMA Odds Breaker, MMAOB Podcast. It is so much. It is so amazing the content he puts out all the time. Web, have you won money because of Adam? Because I have won a lot of money because of Adam. Definitely, definitely. Everyone, please follow him on Twitter at mm Adam Martin. Instead of MMA Adam Martin, there's only one A there. It is tricky, but it's really clever. And please subscribe to his podcast, MMAOB Podcast. It's excellent content for MMA fans around the world. Yeah, I'm glad you broke that down for the listeners, Coop. Um, it when I read it the first time, I was confused. I honestly was. Yeah, that's not surprising. But <laughs> I think for the majority yeah, of our, for the majority of our listeners, I think they'll get it uh, on the first go round. But yeah, Adam is very knowledgeable. He co-hosts his show um, with someone actually from the Netherlands, uh, Marcel. So it's very cool to see their dynamic and to see uh, a perspective from Canada and also see a perspective from the other side of the world. Uh, on not only the UFC, but Bellator and one fighting championship. Oh, I wish I could send you to the Netherlands. Oh, that's the dream. That is the dream web. I would enjoy that. I'm getting you deported so fast. Okay, let's get to the interview. It's excellent. 
But we have a fantastic <laughs> guest today, um, Adam Martin from MMA Oddsbreaker. Thanks for joining us on the show today, Adam. No worries, man. Glad to be here with you guys. Perfect, perfect. So it's been a big week in MMA, a uh, huge week. We have events from the three biggest, three big organizations, one, Bellator, UFC, and it's a pretty big night last night uh, in uh, one championship. So I figured that we kind of kick off the discussion talking about that. Sure. So uh, kind of want to just gloss over a couple of events. The two events that I want to talk to mostly were talk about most of where Eddie Alvarez and Yuri Lapikas. Just basically for the listeners, Alvarez was disqualified, landed some shots to the back of uh, of Yuri's neck. And um, in round one, he's pinned against the fence and he was given a red card. It's very controversial. I wanted to know uh, what you thought about the decision. What do you think about the call? Do you think any, and, and if you agreed with the call, any of you guys, um, do you think there should be any changes made to the rules? I mean, it's a different rule set completely, right? Because they're using the the, Asian, uh, the one championship rule set. It's completely different, man. It really is. Like, if you're North, like this was their first uh, televised event, right, for North American fans on TNT. It was a big deal. For us, it was on YouTube. I watched it on YouTube last night, right, which was great, by the way. I love that. It's so easy. If you're watching that for the first time, you're thinking, what the hell is going on with this card? Because, like, man, the stuff that happened at that, on this event was just weird. Like, We've seen this happen almost every fight. A guy gets tapped in the back of the head like during a sequence like this. They don't get disqualified, get a red card, and then have money taken away. They said they take, took part of his purse away too. That part bothers me, you know? And I just think that he got hosed, man. I think he was he was well on his way to winning that fight, obviously. He should have won that fight. It should have been a first-run TKO instead to DQ. And now you wonder, like, what's next for the guy? He's won in two and one championship after leaving UFC, right? It's crazy, man. You know, for Lapicus, I hope he feels better. He, got, he obviously got hurt badly, but... I don't know. I don't, I don't like the call. I think it was a bad call by the ref. I don't think you should have called that a DQ, man. I think it should have been a TKO. I agree with you 100%. I went back and watched his last fight again against Christian Lee, and it looked to me like Christian Lee hit him in the exact yeah. same place Eddie Alvarez did. And I was like, this is the same thing. And one yeah. was disqualified and one wasn't. It seems ridiculous to me. It's so arbitrary. Yeah, one is kind of, I don't know, man. I feel like they, they favor their guys, right? Like, they have their guys, and it feels like they want these UFC guys to lose a little bit, too. There's just some weird stuff going on there, man. Like, it was also weird how the betting odds changed so drastically, like, just before this fight started. Like, the odds went down. Like, it was like, I was looking at the chart. It was like a, it was like a line that just no, like, sorry, went spiked up, right? Like, it's crazy. So, so something, something weird was going on there. I, I don't know, man. I'm not sure. Like, there's, you know, they're talking about tapling the fights, a lot of these fights. This one apparently was live, but with all the issues we saw, I don't know, man. Like, I gotta be honest, guys. It kind of turned me off of one championship this event a little bit. I don't know. Like, I think if you, especially if you're like a, a new fan, if you watch this, you'd be like, why would I ever watch this again? Sorry, guys, I shouldn't swear, but it, that's what they think. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. If they want to build fans, they have to have, you know, I think some of the rules are good. I think these are the head of the ground opponent are fine. I mean, they have that. We saw that in the Mighty Mouse fight, right? But I don't know, bro. I, I think it was a bad call with a ref, and I just kind of disgusted by it, to be honest with you. And, and just from my take, like I thought that at the worst, they should have given Alvarez a warning. Um, it did seem that Yuri was using that the rules to his advantage. And I think the commentators, uh, Rich Franklin even talked about it too, that he was turning his, his head, realizing that he was beat. And he has Alvarez here like, okay, you're going to do this watch. Like I'm going to use this as my defense. And, and you shouldn't be able to hit me if you do. You're disqualified. Um, CEO of one, Chatri has come out and said that uh, – 
he kind of made it sound like they could have looked past it, but because there are multiple strikes, four or five strikes after they couldn't really, even though they're not saying Alvarez intended to do so. Um, but yeah, it's just it. I agree with you guys. Like I, Alvarez is winning that. I, I, I don't know. One seems like they have a real agenda against the UFC. They're trying to come out as this like clean, very clean uh, sport. No, no, no uh, steroid usage. No, uh, no outside violence like with what happened with uh, Habib and McGregor so we'll see what happens oh. down the road but I'm glad that you brought up the Mighty Mouse fight because that had no controversy that was pretty clear cut um, for the listeners uh, DJ uh, Mighty Mouse Demetrius Johnson who was revered as one of the greatest MMA fighters um, some say he maybe is being snubbed as uh, as the GOAT uh, Got beat it, beaten pretty badly last night in the flyweight championship uh, uh, fight. What did you guys think about it, and 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 what do you think that this means for uh, Demetrius Johnson's career? I mean, there's just better. There's really good fighters all around the world. That's what it showed to me. There are good fighters everywhere. They just just because they don't fight under the UFC doesn't mean they're not good. This guy is good and was underrated. And I was telling people like, don't be surprised if this guy wins. Like, Marias is a solid fighter. Trains in American Top Team. Great camp. Experienced guy, been an MMA fighter for over t- ten years. He's been a ch- he was the champion, yet he was a massive underdog, you know, at the sports books because everyone thought DJ was going to roll because they think it's the DJ of the UFC. I I don't think he's in his prime anymore, guys. You know, I'm not saying I'm writing him off. I th- I still think he like he beats the majority of guys in one, but when you are at this elite level and you meet another elite opponent, like you can lose. And obviously he got kneed in the face when he was on the ground. They allow that in one. That's part of the rules. He did that in his other fights. He even admitted, like, I'm fine with the way that fight played out. Some people were saying, oh, if this was under UFC rules, unified rules, that, you know, he wouldn't be able to get kneed. He would actually <laughs> won by DQ, like uh, Aljamain Sterling. That's, that's the screwed up thing. People are wa- If this is your first time watching it, you, you watched UFC last month and you saw Aljo win because he got the knee in the face. And then you see that the guy lose here in this case. You'd be thinking, what the heck's going on? I think a lot of people messaged me last night saying, I don't understand the rules. I feel like they did a terrible job of explaining the rules. I don't think they explained them at all, you know? I think that was a, a huge misstep. I actually want to go tweet about that now because I think it was. Like, I think it was a – I don't remember. Did they, did they really go over the rules? They should have been doing that over, before both the fights. They should have been like, this is how fights are scored. This is how fights are, are refereed and won because it's so different for a North American audience, right? So they, I, don't, I don't think they, they did. They didn't, they didn't say anything about talk about how the fights are scored. They did talk about the different fights, whether it's Muay Thai rules or it's uh, the global rules. But they didn't talk about the different scoring criteria for the judges. Yep. What do you think, Coop? I was really surprised. I thought Mighty Mouse was going to win. I just remember his UFC days of being so dominant. And I just root for him because he was so much fun. He had that jumping arm bar that I'll always remember the rest of my life. And I just... I think he might be done. I think he might be back in the UFC in a couple of years. They might take him back because if he's at the champ, why does one want him there? So he has he has six fights left on the contract, and it sounded like he's actually open to kickboxing, which is something that I like about the one label that you can sort of diversify um, what you're doing. But I agree with you. Uh, his best days might be behind him. Um, and, and I thought he left himself exposed uh, in that fight. Um, I just, I just don't know what happened. Like he got traded for Ben Askren and it's possible that both of these guys are not in the UFC, uh, well, they're not right now, but it's possible that both of these guys are out of their prime and they're both traded for each other with a lot of hype attached. I think that uh, the UFC got the better end of the deal, right? 
because they have that highlight reel forever. Yeah. They've made so much money off that highlight reel, man. Masvidal became like the biggest star ever because of the highlight reel, because of, of the need to not Askren. And Askren's other fights were pretty good too. The fight with um, Damian Maya, I think, was fight of the night. It was a great fight. And then the fight with Bobby Waller was good. So, I mean, even though, yeah, Mighty Mouse is still and Ben's on MMA fighter, Mighty Mouse is still fighting. I still think that the UFC actually did pretty well in the trade. Um, yeah, they traded, you know, one of the best fighters ever, but they got back a guy that made them more money. And that's really what the UFC is all about, to be honest. Yeah, the Robbie Lawler fight had a bunch of controversy over the submission or not. Yep. I think they probably would do Askren for him again because they made more money. Yeah. I'm glad that you said that, Coop, because money has been the talk of the town when it comes to the heavyweight division in the UFC. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Uh, the fight that everyone wants to see, but that probably won't happen for a while, Francis Ngannou, and I'm going to put in John Bones Jones. Uh, we saw Francis Ngannou dominate against Stipe in the last big event of the UFC. What do you think is next or should be next for Francis Ngannou um, and, and John Jones, in your opinion? And that whole division, kind of a loaded question, but... That's the fight. John Jones and Francis, that's the fight. The thing is, guys, in MMA, like, you never, you can't take the future for granted. Like, people get hurt all the time. There's COVID every week or someone pulls out with COVID. You know, someone gets suspended. You know, someone's family has problems and they pull out the fight. Like, every fight, like, every, this happens all the time. And how many big fights have we lost over the years? Tons. So, for me, it's like, this is the fight you can make now. You have to strike while the iron's hot. And, yeah, they did offer the fight to of Lewis in the Gauntlet in the meantime. Probably has like part negotiation tactic. Like it's gonna get ugly. It already kind of is. But I feel like there's just too much. Mo- there's too much money to be made here. They're not gonna screw this up. I think they're gonna get it done, guys. So I don't know. They might do the Lewis fight first, but I think eventually this, the deal gets done with John Jones. But I'm, I'm I, but I don't think it's a good idea if they do Lewis fight. I think it's risky. You know, Lewis already beat Francis a few years ago. Like he could beat him again. Everyone, Francis is great. I think Francis is amazing, but. Lewis is always underrated. Everyone's like, oh, he sucks. He can't wrestle and he can get knocked out. But he beats tons of guys, right? So to me, it's like even risky if you do that fight. You can't even be like, okay, it's keeping him busy because you're – it's like he's fighting a super dangerous guy, you know? I think they do the fight, man. I think they get the job done. They get get the money figured out. I'm not sure how much it's going to be, but I think they get it done. There's too much money to be made. So John Jones came out and said that eight to ten million dollars isn't enough money for this fight to happen. I see his point. Connor made thirty for fighting Floyd. Floyd made a hundred. If there's that much money for that fight, this fight should have what twenty-five million. Like he should be getting a lot more money than he's gonna get because the UFC stuffs their pockets. The yeah. fighters don't own anything. So I get why John's pushing for this, but I don't think the UFC is gonna cave and give him fifteen million dollars. They're not gonna start that where other fighters demand the same thing. I don't see them doing it. Yeah, no, it's possible, man. You, you definitely got a good point there. I mean, in the past, other fighters have stood up to the UFC, like Randy Couture, and they held their ground, right? So they might, but I don't know. I just feel like this is like a big fight. I feel like this is like the biggest fight ever, personally. They can really sell this fight, you know? You just have to put a picture of these guys on a poster, and you're like, holy crap, those guys are huge. Those guys are beasts. So it's like such an easy fight for the casual fan. You call it like the you know, the heavyweight, biggest heavyweight fight ever. That's what they would call it, obviously, in promoted guys. So, to me, it's like Dana's a businessman, first and foremost, man. And you got to remember that, right, guys? Like, he's, he's all about making money. And I think eventually they will get the money sorted out. But Jones is not going to get $50 million like his coach suggested. That's, that's, that's a little excessive. You know, $10 million, 
it doesn't sound bad, but when you consider like how little he's been paid throughout his career, he wants to make bank now. It's not just for this fight, guys. You gotta remember that John John's got a chip on his shoulder, and he feels like over the years he's been taken advantage of and made like low like he, he was a champ making like probably not even like a million or two maybe two million maybe. Like that's low for a champ, you know, of any sport, right? So to me he's trying to cash in now, but We'll see. We'll see what the number eventually comes out. We probably won't even ever know the number, the real number, right? Like, it'll probably stay behind the scenes, but uh, I'm curious to hear, like, what, what does happen here. Yeah, and, you know, Derek Lewis, to your point, hasn't done himself any favors by saying he doesn't want to go five rounds. Um, he put on a couple lackluster performances. That fight with him in, uh, and Nganu was one of the worst fights I've seen. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and, and Bones, like, I think a lot of people in the heavyweight division as well will resent Bones for just leapfrogging them uh, completely, especially Stipe, who probably wants to run it back uh, with with uh, Nganu, the tied 1-1. Um, Derek Lewis might come out and say something. So it's going to be interesting. Like <clears throat> if, if, if Bones ends up fighting, uh, sorry, if Derek Lewis ends up fighting Nganu, is it possible we can have like a tune-up match with uh, Stipe and, and, and Bones? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think Stipe is going to take a long time off after that one, guys. Like, he got brutally finished. Like, <laughs> you saw what happened. Yeah. So, he, I think he's a smart I mean, he's got, like, obviously got a family. He's got another job as a fireman. I don't think he's going to fight for a while. He might not fight again. You know, he might fight one more time, but I think he'll take time off. Like, why would he come back? He doesn't need the money, I don't think, at this point. We'll see, though. I think he's going to fight one more time, probably. Just, I don't think he wants to go out like that. But I don't yeah. think he's fighting Francis again. I think that's done. No, no. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, he'd have to beat like someone like he'd probably have to beat Lewis, right, or something like Blades or something like that. And I don't, I don't know if he wins those fights. Maybe Curtis Blades. That would be an interesting fight versus DP because Curtis is coming off that loss too, right? Versus Derek, they both coming off brutal. Yeah, maybe that's the fight to make, guys. And then the loser of that, I mean, they would might have to think about their careers again, you know? Because like at that point, you're kind of stuck. Curtis Blades is in a really weird position right now. Like he's such a good fighter, but. He can't get to like that next hump because you know he's lost to Lewis and Nagano now. Those are like the, the gatekeepers to the title, and now at this point he's the champion. So he's in a weird spot. Maybe you do that fight to kind of see like who's got something left. Speaking of weird spots and who's got something left, I want to talk about the welterweight division because when I saw that rematch coming up with Masvidal and Usman, I was just thinking weird, <laughs> and, and who's got something left? It made no sense to me at all. Uh, there seems to be a bottleneck now. It seems I think the welterweight division is one of the deepest divisions um, in the UFC, and I, 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 I don't understand why they made this rematch. But long story short, if Usman wins again, who should he face? What is the future of this division? Because it seems like Dana is just trying to make uh, BMF fights or something in this in this division. What do you guys think is the future of this division, and who should? Uh, who should Usman face if he wins against Masvidal once again at the upcoming uh, 261? Uh, I mean, I, I want to see that Colby come to the rematch. Colby's on Twitter, Instagram today saying he wants to fight again. I was at that first fight. It was a great fight. I went to the fifth round. It was really close. He ended up getting the finish, but that's a fight like Zegan. Or the winner of Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz. I think those are kind of the two options. And also, actually, there's Gilbert Burns and Stephen Thompson. Thompson wins. He's a guy that's kind of being overlooked a little bit. Like, he's still a great fighter. And, but then again, you have tons of other guys too coming up, like Vicente Luque's right there too, right? Like Michael Chiesa. Like this division is ridiculous. It's so stacked. Like there's always a new savage coming up, guys. Like, like Usman's got 
Like he's so good, right? But there's some new beast coming up the ladder every day. You know, it's crazy, man. The sports involved, like this, these divisions are getting so good, especially 170. It's one of the best divisions, I think. I think I'm the only person that wants to see Masvidal versus Usman too. I think I think the first fight before it happened because Usman, sorry, Masvidal took it on such short notice. Yeah. That Dana said, "Hey, you're doing us a favor. If it doesn't go your way, you'll get the rematch." I think this was baked in the cake from before. Hmm. That's why he agreed to take the fight. Yeah, it's possible. I, I don't I don't hate the fight, honestly. Like it's happening in a couple weeks. Like I wasn't expecting Usman to fight so soon because he just fought in February, right? I don't mind the fight. I'd like to see I I I think the first time you're right, the weight cut is brutal for this guy. And you know, it's just like it's a moneymaker. This is an easy moneymaker for the UFC guys. Like they look at this fight and they're like, We're gonna do it in Florida, Maslow's got his crew down there, all his fans are gonna come, they sold out in minutes. I think the most interesting part of this whole card is the fans, man. First the first uh, event back with the fans. Like the fans are what make the sport great. I'm telling you, like, sure, everyone's like, oh, the apex is great. You can hear the kicks and punches. Yeah, it's cool. But I'm telling you, man, it is so much better, guys. When you have like a like a whole arena full of fans screaming their heads off because someone gets knocked the hell out. So I I can't wait for that. That's gonna be crazy. Yeah, baseball had fans for the first time like a couple of days ago in Texas. Yeah. it was insane. What it was so much more fun watching these games with fans. I agree. I didn't know how much I missed it until it came back. I agree completely, man. It's true. That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> obviously we're up here in Toronto or whatever. So we're, we don't have the shots or whatever. I guess that's, they're all vaccinated, I guess. I mean, I'd be freaked out still going to one of these things, but I guess if you have the shot, it's not a big deal. You know, I have a few friends that are going to the ones down there in Florida and um, Houston, the next card. So I told them like, please, please be safe. But you know, that's pretty cool, man. Like you're those are like, it's going to be like historic in a way, guys. I feel like it's going to be like, these are like big events, you know, like, like the first, UFC back with a full arena fans after a year. That's that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, and it's a stacked card. So that's definitely one of the events that you'd want to see, you know, when they're allowing fans in full capacity. So that's going to be really good. All right, so we have a we have an event coming up this weekend. Uh, Kevin Holland is fighting again, uh, speaking of short notice, uh, filling in for uh, Darren Till against Marvin Vittori, middleweight fight. Um, Holland's coming off a loss against Derek Brunson back on March 20th. So just the other day, really. And it had Dana White questioning uh, Kevin Holland's mental health. I don't know if that was a real thing or if he was just upset at the at, at the result. Uh, if Kevin Holland is able to pull this off and beat Marvin Vittori, does that, does that vault him into a top five contender uh, status for a ranking for the middleweight division? Or what are your thoughts on how this can go in the the implications going forward yeah it's 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 crazy right because he loses and it's like so one-sided and we're all like man this guy you know he's just not the fighter we all thought he was and we all thought maybe he dropped down to 170 and a few weeks later he's back in the cage against the guy who's actually higher who was higher ranked than what brunson was at the time in victoria like this is almost like a reward in a way um i don't know i mean like does it make him a contender i don't think so man because even if he wins this fight like I still don't think he would beat, you know, Adesanya or Whitaker. I don't think he's as good as those guys. I think Holland's good. Don't get me wrong. I was surprised he got beat, like, the way he lost. That fight was weird. The way, you know, I feel, I feel like he did get mentally broken a little bit, like Dan White was saying, like, in that fight. You know, he just felt the pressure a little bit of the first main event and, you know, just getting wrestled and held down. Like, it was just a weird performance, man. I, so, yeah, if he wins, it's it's good for his career because it, it keeps him in the top ten. But I I don't think it would get like really even close to that title contention personally. I was a big fan of Tatak during fights. 
But when he was getting dominated, still talking, it really yeah. bothered me. I don't know why, but I was like, you're losing so badly. And it looks like you're having fun. You shouldn't be enjoying this. Yeah, I'm with you, man. It was annoying, dude. Like, especially like, you know, you expect a guy to, to go in there and perform. He's just sitting there talking. It's very frustrating. And coaches weren't able to do anything to him. So I don't know. It was just, it was just a bizarre point. He's promising he's not going to talk as much, but we'll see. He says one thing. We'll see what happens on uh, Saturday night, though. I think if he beats Vittori, the UFC likes him because he's kind of, he's really interesting to watch. He's different. He has a chance against basically non-wrestlers because his striking is really interesting. He has like the John Jones movements where his arms are so long. But if he fights Brunson again or someone like that, he has zero chance of beating them. So he has to avoid those guys. Yeah, I'm with you. That's a, the book's out on him, right? Like we know he can be wrestled now, guys. So, I mean, he's definitely like a talented guy, but the, the wrestling defense is a huge issue. Sure, and and I think it would be interesting. Like I think one thing that uh... – Holland has to bring is just composure and be really serious. It didn't look like he was taking the last fight too serious, too seriously. And uh, although he didn't lose badly, uh, it was it was a pretty bad effort on his part. So I think Dana was pretty pissed. So this is a bit of redemption for him. And uh, so, uh, Adam, we're gonna get you out on just sort of speed round. Last question: Bellator is having its uh, light heavyweight championship uh, grand prix which i think is a really cool idea and i honestly think this is something the ufc should have done for the lightweight division once habib left who who do you have as a sleeper pick who do you think wins this ultimately yeah it's tough guys honestly i was talking about just before i got here with, with another guy and you know it's just like there's so many good fighters in this field like it really is a, a good tournament i i think rumble johnson man like i love rumble and he hasn't fought in three years now i think or four years actually and that's what kind of people are afraid of, but I think he, he's one of the best fighters in this field, man. He's such a beast. Like we saw him over the years, you know, he knock everyone out. He's taken four years off. Like that doesn't bother me, but he's a monster. So I think, you know, he's a guy who is a pretty big underdog in the field. Uh, the favorite to win it is the champion. Nemkov is like, an, he's like Adrian Marais, right? Like no one really knows him because he's in Bellator, not the UFC, but he's very good. He knocked a Ryan Bader. So Nemkov probably ends up winning based on the fact he is the champ now, but sleeper pick. I kind of like rumble guys. He's fighting Romero in the first round. That's a great fight. The winner of that fight, I think, could win the tournament. I want Romero to win so bad because he is the scariest human being I've ever seen in my life. He terrifies yeah, me. He's good. I just I'm disappointed by him lately, man. Like he hasn't looked the same to me. He looks like he's getting up there in age now, you know. So we'll see what happens though. Should be a great fight. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. Honestly, uh I'd probably go with I'd I'd probably go with either Bader or uh Rumble. Uh I think Rumble to me is one of the scariest guys ever. Um, but yeah, on that note, just wanted to thank you, Adam, for coming through, providing us with some great discussion. How can the listeners find you on social media? Follow me on Twitter at Adam Martin, guys, and all my stuff is there. Perfect. All right. Thank you for coming, Adam, and uh, we appreciate it. Stay safe. You guys too, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Adam Martin for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Please follow him on Twitter at MM Adam Martin. Subscribe to his podcast, the MMAOB podcast. It is excellent. If you follow it, you will win money. It's helped me numerous times. So please follow us on Twitter as well at Rookie Phenoms. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. We really appreciate it. And get ready for next week. The mock drafts for the NFL are starting. Webb and I will both be releasing one next week. I cannot wait. I have been working on mine for like a month and a half. 
So thank you everyone for listening and have a great night.